If we could quick, quickly extract a theme from the readings for this week, the first reading in the gospel, you could say, rightly, uh, it's about a father's love. As the father on uh, Mount Tabor manifests his love, he said, this is my beloved son. You could also see that there's an element of the father's love in the first reading, and we can't avoid making comment on that. The first reading about Abraham and Isaac. It's a question about a father's love in Abraham. And two friends brought it up this week, kind of calling to mind uh, that peculiar situation where Abraham, after having been told that he was going to have a lot of descendants in the promise with, with, with Sarah, ends up barren. Takes matters in his own hands, you know the whole story, with Ishmael, okay, little tragedy there of a lack of faith. Uh, but Abraham then returns to the Lord and is given the great gift of, of Isaac, the thing he'd been waiting for, the one he'd been waiting for, that tremendous gift of God. And then, in a strange move, God says, now I need you to kill him. <laughs> now, obviously, it's just laced with, with it's, it was the Lord preparing us for the crucifixion, as we're preparing for that during this Lenten journey. Mount Moriah, that's Jerusalem, all right? Carrying wood on his back, carrying his wood on his back for the sacrifice, the sacrifice for some great good, etc., etc. And then there's a, a ram, a male sheep who was caught in a thicket, the Lamb of God with a crown of thorns offered on the altar of sacrifice for the salvation of all. So you can see all of it. It's so clear how beautifully God prepared us for the crucifixion so that when they saw that tragedy happening right before their eyes, somebody hopefully would have said, wait a minute, there must be something in this because this looks oddly familiar. Didn't we read about this in Genesis? A father offering a son for some greater good on a mountain that happens to be right here. Beautiful. The simple reflection, though, I want to offer you um, in the context of all this as it was brought to my attention Again, this week, somebody asked this great, this very interesting question. What about Isaac? So we see Abraham, our father in the faith. What was life like after that for Isaac? Do you think, did he have an axe to grind with his old man? Was he bitter? What was their relationship like? Interesting little reflection Perhaps he took advantage of it. You know, when after they'd gone back, he said, Abraham says, Isaac, it's, it's your turn to take out the garbage. Dad, I don't want to. Isaac, you got to take out the garbage. Dad, do you remember the time you almost killed me? Or when it was time to get his, his mule or his donkey license? He said, Dad, it's time for me to get my donkey license. No, I don't want... It's too early. You can ride the other kids' donkeys. Dad, do you remember the time you almost killed me? Or perhaps Isaac, in, in, in not in fact having any gripe against his dad for almost killing him. Remember, it was, there was nothing stopping except for that angel. I think Isaac learned this extremely valuable lesson from his father. And this is the lesson for us for life. This is our lesson for Lent.
This is the lesson for this week. Isaac, understanding and interiorizing and reflecting on what had almost happened to him, while still realizing that his dad really loved him, must have understood this all-important reality. It's not about me. Dad, I don't, I'm not going to hold a grudge against you for almost killing me, you madman. No, because dad, in the heart that I see in you, you must have understood something greater was about to happen. That there was something greater. That Abraham became our father in the faith because he trusted God's word, even if it meant the brutal sacrifice of his only begotten, truly begotten, promised son, upon which all would ride. How do I have descendants now if I kill my son? Abraham said, there must be something more in this father in heaven. And Isaac must have understood, this life is not about me. That dad saw something bigger. And he was willing to sacrifice even me for some greater good. And I think Isaac's heart rested when he realized, it's not about me. It's about whatever you needed, Dad. And in there is the gift of life, the goodness of a Christian life. And in that is our challenge. It's what Jesus said on the cross, huh? He didn't like it. Let this cup pass from me, but it must have been very similar, Father. Whatever you need, it's not about me. It's about them. And I'll do whatever you need, Father, so that they can have life. So our Lent message, if we can't steal from Isaac, whom I'm sure loved his dad, notwithstanding the peculiar events of Genesis 22, had to realize deep down, it's not about me. In Lenten fasting, brothers and sisters, if it doesn't lead us to, it's not about me, throw it out, start over. So where in my life in my family, in my marriage, in my fathering and mothering, in my Bible study, in my work, can we challenge ourselves to take a page out of Isaac's book and live out of the identity. It's not about me. I don't have to be right all the time. I don't have to get all of my children to perfectly obey me. Otherwise, it's about me. I don't have to have all my employees perfectly in line as I want it. We know the end of that tragedy. It's bitterness, discord. Sure, we must do our best. But where are we, could we be challenged this week into fast from ego, mine, my will, and live out, it's not about me. Because in that dynamic working of grace, God gets his way in us and in others around us. We pray for the intercession of good Isaac, who must have known that it wasn't about him. It's about something so much greater.